0: The desire of Titus Women is to invite women around the world to know Jesus as their Savior, center, and source. May God guide and encourage you through this message. Well, it is a joy to share with you ladies tonight. Um, As I thought about uh, the lesson tonight, um, what I wanted to um to share i'm going to read most of it um and uh, i just want you to listen and and there may be some things you can identify with um and i've been praying that um, would be um, i think the main thing i want to get across is that no matter who you are you need to be in the word for yourself the bible studies are wonderful um I, I'm so glad for them and that, but the Lord really can speak to us as we're digging in the word, um, at a saying, or she still has, her 3D day, dig deeper day. And it is so much fun. I have found out to be digging in God's word. Um, and so with Naomi, let me tell you about the little story here. I'm, um, and I'm using the word story and I don't mean to. When we say story, so many people just assume it's a fictitious story. You know, we have so many s- stories we read and that, but the word of God is alive. It is nonfiction. And so I've been trying to train myself to say, the account of the life of Naomi. Um, This is her nonfiction story. So um, anyway, I'm sure many of us believe um, the fact that when we are reading and studying the word of God, we find a little new nugget or insight in a text that we have read so very often Well, this happened to me a while back that made me think about Naomi, the mother-in-law of Ruth. In years past, many of us would read the book of Ruth. I always identified with Ruth. Um, I was younger, of course. I had blonde hair and not white hair. Um, And my mother-in-law was still living. And I questioned at the time if I would follow my mother-in-law Um, not into another nation, but to another state. I really didn't know um, much about life where she had previously lived. Then when reading the book once again, I thought, oh, my word, I'm the mother-in-law. All of a sudden, um, it seemed, and uh, I'm now the Naomi What were Naomi's attributes that would make at least one of my three daughters-in-law want to go with me back to my homeland? Some scholars believe that the book of Ruth was probably written by Samuel, although the very end of Ruth that tells us the genealogy suggests it might have been written by someone else. The book of Samuel was written not only by himself, but also with two prophets of Nathan and Gad around 1000 BC that um, Ruth was probably written between 1375 and up to 1050 BC and judges around 1000 BC. So we have that little area in the old Testament where we have, of course we have Joshua and then we have judges and then we Have Ruth, and um, all in that time frame of maybe 300 years or so, um, when we stop to think, those books record life over 3,000 years ago. The Lord doesn't change. As we look in God's word at the attributes that make women attractive, we need to realize that these attributes were no doubt found in Naomi. She lived and probably grew up in Bethlehem, which at the time was a small village. She was married to a man named Elimelech, and they had two young boys named Malan and Kilian. The word says they were Ephratites. I had to research who Ephratites were. I grew up in a Christian home and first Sunday school, all that went with it, and had heard the word Epaphrodite so often, but I didn't really know what it meant. And so um, I had to look it up. They were people from Ephrath or Epaphrita, which the Bible tells us was associated with Bethlehem, south of Jerusalem. The word Ephrath is Hebrew, means fruitful. And Bethlehem means house of bread. Most scholars believe that Ephrath and, I, and Bethlehem are actually two names for the same place. A view supported by Genesis 35, 19 and Ruth 4, 11. Most likely, Ephrath was the ancient name for the Canaanite city of Bethlehem, with the ancient Name for the Canaanite city, and Bethlehem was the Jewish label. So same place, two different names, two different languages. Other cities were likewise renamed after the conquest of Canaan, such as Luz, renamed Bethel in Joshua 18.13, and Jabus renamed Jerusalem, First 1 Chronicles 11.4. From the meanings of the name Bethlehem and the fact that life was mainly sustained by an agricultural society, we can safely assume that Elimelech supported his family as a farmer. But what happened? A severe famine came on the land. How was he going to support his family when crops wouldn't grow? He had to move. He made the decision to move and to go towards Moab, which meant travel by walking east on a rough road, crossing the Dead Sea, and into Moab. There he decided they would live. Now they were foreigners in a land they knew nothing about. What was Naomi's reaction? Do we know? Well, not really. But there are some things we can research the scriptures to find out how she may have reacted to this move. She was brought up in the Jewish faith, which meant the scriptures were consistently orally read. The scriptures would have been called the Torah. You know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. How had the Lord led the Israelites? Were there consequences for disobedience to God's law? How had God structured the family? In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul expounds on family relationships in Colossians 3.18. In the New Living uh, Translation, it says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. And then Paul, Paul goes on to tell the husbands, Husbands, Love your wives and never treat them harshly. Naomi was submitting to Elimelech's leaving. In all reality, Naomi would have been very sad, teary-eyed as she said goodbye to her family and friends. She, she was real. I mean, she was just like us. And um, so there were emotions. They would have been a tight community, supporting each other in adversity and celebrating with each other at times of rejoicing, this was a traumatic move. And um, however, as Elimalek's wife and as a mother concerned about the needs of her children, she left the life she was comfortable with. She no doubt had never been to or near Moab. Where would they end up living? Being taught the scriptures the Torah, she knew God's leading of the Hebrew people. While she may have known the history, was God going to lead them and provide for them? Was this firmly planted in her heart? Is it firmly planted in my heart? Well, as we read, we know that Eliminate's family settled in Moab, and where uh, the outsiders and And they were the outsiders in that country. However, Elimelech was able to provide for the family that the Lord had given him. As we read in the first section of Ruth 1, we find Elimelech died. We don't know how he passed away. But Naomi became a widow, left raising her two sons. I had a chuckle to myself as realizing That the account of Naomi, Ruth, and Elimelech was probably written by Samuel, a man who didn't give us much detail inquiring minds would like to know. Does that really matter? No. The fact that Elimelech passed away is a fact, and as in different times in our lives, the details don't matter. My parents were born and raised in the Netherlands. And of course, had to learn English once they were here. It made me wonder about learning the language in Moab. I found out that the Moabites spoke a dialect of Hebrew. So I felt that they probably didn't have too much of a problem when speaking with the Moabites. We do find that the sons Malan and Kilian married after Limelech passed away and Naomi's life would have settled down as the sons would have provided the needs of their mother. They married Moabite women named Ruth and Orpah. Time passed and after 10 years, both Malan and Killian died. There were no grandchildren. Again, the question, why, Lord, why? Naomi was not only a widow, but had lost her two her two sons, and she had much grief. What was the Lord doing? She no doubt didn't know, just as we don't know why tragedy strikes. But there must have been something in her life that attracted these young widows to their mother-in-law. Can we imagine what it was? It's God. Would Naomi have continued to observe the Jewish festivals? Elimelech would have taught his young sons, and as they matured, they would have understood what each festival was. Parents teaching children. This was the original homeschooling ladies. Once the sons were married, they and Naomi would have explained and lived their relationship religion. They lived their faith. They lived and worshipped the living God. Such a difference from the pagan gods of the Moabites. Yahweh was and is the one and only God. There were, there would have been travelers, etc., going through Canaan, from Canaan through Moab, and Naomi found out that the Lord had blessed homeland with fruitful crops again she made the decision to return to her ancestral home we need to remember that at this time in history women needed to be provided for by men if widowed a son would watch over his mother or a brother over his sister naomi didn't have her sons anymore And she would have known that the best she could do would be to return to Judah. So she and her daughters-in-law were returning to her hometown of Bethlehem. They must not have gone very far, ladies. Um, And Naomi stops and tells them to return to their homeland. Had they come to a place in the road where you turn around or turn off to go back to Moab? Ladies, how often are we traveling on the highway? And we see signs to turn off to a specific city or town. If we miss that turn off, it may be a while before we can turn around and go back from which we came. We can tell she was very practical and explained to these young women that it would be impossible for her, Naomi, to remarry and to give them new husbands. So, these precious daughters-in-law could still become members or uh, mothers themselves. However, if they returned to their homeland, there would be men they could marry and then start their own families. She had a concern for these these young gals. Um, she loved them. Isn't it interesting that we can be so practical? As the saying goes, we, do not see the forest or the trees. We see what is in front of us and so obvious to us. I know that can be one of my problems. How many times have I messed something up because I took control and did something that seemed so right, so obvious, so practical? Orpa could understand what Naomi was saying and decided to return to her roots in Moab. We have no idea to what or to whom she was returning, but she decided that she was taking the course of action um, to go back to Moab. Practically and common sense, practicality and common sense are good traits. (laughs) Excuse me. But we must know and we must listen to the Lord's instructions. We don't know Ruth's background, but we know she understood God's ways as they were shared and taught by Naomi. Ruth evidently knew that God's ways were better than how she had grown up. Again, wouldn't you want to know the details? Again, does it matter? No. Dr. Kinlaw points out that we need God's divine love. What is divine love? It's love for God and love for others. Naomi had divine love as would have been evident in her daily life. In her celebration of the festivals and in her submission to his leadership, the daughters-in-law observed her way of living. Divine love is not only love for God, But also love for others. She loved her daughters in law, even though they were foreigners and different. God's divine love is love that encompasses the person and love that enables us to care more for others than for ourselves. That kind of love must be accompanied by knowledge. During that period in history, Naomi must have been literally homeschooled as a child and listened to the teaching of the rabbis from the Torah on the Sabbath. She was gaining knowledge throughout her life. She not only learned how to make clothing, how to thresh the grain, cook it, make even bread and cereal, and she probably did not read. The Torah was written on a scroll that the priest kept. She did not take notes from the teaching on the Sabbath, but she heard the word of God every week, and she listened. Naomi's parents would have also taught her God's way of living and talked about him constantly. The third thing we need, besides love and knowledge, is, or that we've learned besides Um, love and knowledge, is that Naomi must have had discernment. She needed to not only know God's love and have knowledge, but that wisdom and discernment comes from divine love and knowledge. Naomi trusted God, and she no doubt was excited to hear the news that the Lord had blessed the people in Judah again. I think as Naomi... Orpah and Ruth started on their journey and perhaps came to a fork in the road. Naomi knew she needed to once again share what she thought would be the best for their lives. We see that Orpah did want to go back to Moab, but Ruth said no. She wanted to stay with Naomi and live among the Israelites. In this particular scene that occurred on the road, We hear the words that Ruth told Naomi. These are words that we hear often at weddings. In fact, it was often, it has often been one of the songs sung during the ceremony. Let's look at these words again. This is what Ruth said. Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. And um, when I was reading this, once again, this was sung at our wedding. But there are two things we can take away from this. When we have a chance to counsel and just talk with a young lady who's considering marriage, these verses emphasize the seriousness of marriage. It determines how our future will be. And as we often say, how the rubber meets the road down the line. And then also we find in verse 18, when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, Naomi said nothing more. In other words, Naomi knew when to not labor a point. I know so often I think if I keep repeating myself or speak a little louder, the person listening will agree with me. Sometimes I just need to shut up. Now we do not know anything about Ruth's background, but we know she loved Naomi, and she loved Naomi's God, the living God. She did not want to go back to what was familiar to her, but she trusted Naomi's decisions and leadership through the period of time she knew Naomi. So she was adamant about staying with Naomi. And traveling with her back to Judah, Ruth declared very clearly her intentions to stay with Naomi. As the three women talked, and as Orpah decided to return to Moab, they wept together. They knew they may not see Orpah again. They no doubt had wept together at the death of Orpah's husband and Ruth's husband they had been through a lot of grief and Naomi even more when losing her own husband. As I was reading this and asking the Lord to lead me through this passage, he gave me the verses from Isaiah 55, 88 and nine. And ladies, I decided that this would be my verse for this year. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I have clung to these verses often. I think, what is God doing? There are times when down the line, We find out what he has planned or what he has done. And then we have had times where we don't understand. We don't know what's going on. But ladies, when this happens to us, we have to trust him. It's okay to say as we pray, oh, Jesus, I don't understand. Give me understanding. Walking or riding animals, horses, camels, and donkeys, was the mode of transportation in those days. How did Naomi and Ruth travel? We really have no idea. However, they probably walked. The road and terrain were rugged and steep in places, but they persevered. Some information I researched said that they probably crossed the Dead Sea at a shallow place. And... Um, other information says they would have crossed over the Jordan River, which empties into the Dead Sea. Does it does it matter which route they took? Well, no. Another thing, no, we don't really need to know. But we do know that they had quite a ways to go. Moab is located in what is now Jordan, and Bethlehem was where it has always been in Israel or Canaan. We do know that the distance would have been around 50 miles, with rugged and steep terrain. Of course, that's a short trip now, but by foot it would have taken Naomi and Ruth about seven to ten days. And God's word tells us that the town was excited at the arrival of Naomi. Word was spreading. Is it really Naomi? I love. that it says the entire town was excited. Did they ask, where is the How are the boys? That again, we do not know, but we know that Naomi told them, I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Just call me Mara. She spoke the truth that was in her heart as she shared that the Lord had allowed real tragedy in her life. She didn't make light of her circumstances, but she expressed her hurt. Naomi and Ruth arrived in Bethlehem in the late spring, when the barley harvest was just beginning. Naomi and Ruth, um, in the book of Leviticus, um, we find... Of course, many laws and rules regarding sacrifices um, in the book of Leviticus was given to Moses by the Lord. It was a handbook for the priests and the Levites concerning how the Israelites were to live as God's holy people in their daily lives for different sacrifices that were to be made. In Leviticus 9 and 10, we read, when you harvest the crops, of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields, and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. It is the same with your grapes. Do not strip every last bunch of grapes from the vines, and do not strip every last bunch of grapes that fall to the ground. Leave them for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God, it says. It's called gleaning. Gleaning the fields after the harvesters harvested, allowed for the poor and needy to obtain grain and grape juice. That was the social services of that day. (laughs) Ruth watched all that was happening and asked Naomi to let her go out into the harvest fields and pick up stalks of grain left behind anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. And Naomi let her go. So Ruth goes out to gather grain behind the harvesters and she ends up on the field. Well, lo and behold, it, be- it belongs to Bo- Boaz. And he's a relative of Naomi. Well, actually, it's Elimelech. Naomi being Elimelech's wife was partly hers. Boaz ends up going to the field that was being harvested and saw Ruth there. And well, who is she? He wants to know. And uh, the foreman then shares with Boaz who Ruth is. We know that the rest of the story, Naomi realizes that it is time for Ruth to find a permanent home, so she tells Ruth what she needs to do to secure a kinsman redeemer. I just had a chuckle, for we read in chapter 3, verse 3, how to dress to attract a man. Naomi tells her, one, take a bath. Number two, put on perfume. And three, dress in your nicest clothes. And in other words, be attractive. Ruth goes and she lays at the feet of Boaz on the threshing floor, since he would be their family redeemer, which pleases him very much. When he finds out that he is to be Ruth's kinsman redeemer, we find that there is one who is closer in the relationship that would allow him to redeem Ruth and Naomi and also obtain a piece of land that Naomi owns, which previously belonged to Elimelech. Again, we do not know the details of his name, but he declines. So Boaz becomes the family redeemer. We see that Boaz was a man of integrity. He followed the rules as the living God had designed for the Israelites when there was a death and how the widow is to be cared for. I love the fact that the family followers of the living, that the family, whole family was followers of the living God. They were a God-fearing and a God-following family. When reading chapter four of this uh, account of everyday hardworking working That simple family, we find that Naomi took care of Ruth and taught her laws and customs of the Israelites. Ruth marries Boaz, her kinsman redeemer, and then becomes pregnant and delivers a precious baby boy. Can you imagine the excitement for the family, but especially for Naomi? She would finally have a grandchild. Is it going to be a boy or a girl? We have to be prepared to get some clothes made for this little one, receiving blankets or whatever they made at the time to be prepared for the baby. No doubt there were many conversations regarding this little one to come. And as the Lord planned it, he created a little boy to be welcomed into the family. The women in the town rejoiced with Naomi as the living God provided a kinsman redeemer for Naomi's family. They celebrated and even stated, may this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Naomi held the child tightly and took great care of him. God God called her to be a grandma and to love him as her very own child. She had a lot of sorrow at times in her life. However, she must have been a gracious and loving mother and mother-in-law. What a great reputation she had, as we found out from the Bethlehem people. They were excited to have her back. In her senior years, the Lord provided for her and gave her a great gift, family, and at least one grandchild. Maybe there were more. This child's name was Obed, but at the very end of the book of Ruth, we see that the We see the family lineage before he was born and after Obed was born. Obed had a little boy named Jesse, who grew up and was the father of a little boy called David. David then became King David of Israel. And way down the lineage, we find the earthly father and mother of our Lord Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, we don't know um, about our children who come down the line after our time on earth. And um, I think um, it is one of the most important things that we pray, not only for our children and the grandchildren that we have that we know, but we pray for those that will follow. That's one of the best and the most important things we can do. Um, And with Naomi, she was observed by her daughter's-in-law and she knew what obedience to God was all about even though there were bitter times. And then she was rewarded with offspring she thought she would never have. And it's just a um, really important thing to be reading about the different um, people in the Bible, especially, um, I think, the women in the Old Testament. We have so much to learn from. And um, I I just want to encourage you, ladies, enjoy the process. Um, in the joy of the time digging in, um, yes, maybe what you're studying, you're not going to get done in 20 minutes. It might take several days. Not that you can do it all, you know, and take that much time each day. But um, as the Lord was speaking to me as I was working on this, um, and then the him, open my eyes that I may see. Glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Place in my hands the wonderful key that shall unclasp and set me free. Open my ears that I may hear. Voices of truth thou sendest clear. And while the wave notes fall on my ear, everything else will disappear. Open my mind. That I may read more of thy love in word and deed. What shall I fear while yet thou dost lead? Only for light from thee I plead. Open my mouth and let me bear gladly the warmth truth everywhere. Open my heart and let me prepare love with thy children. Thus to share. Silently now. I wait for thee. Ready my God. Thy will to see. Open my eyes. Open my ears. Open my mind. Open my heart. Illumine me. Spirit divine. And ladies. As I worked on this. um, I realized. I was praying. For that. Not in those words, those words came to me um, not too long ago. But just sit down and um, pray about who or what you need to be studying in that. Do it, not only for yourself, but for your families, um, for your loved ones. Um, There's so much to learn. And I just cannot express enough how enjoyable this has been. And then, as I would think about it, um, some the Lord would just give me a nugget or a clue or um, a reference, in that, um, and I'd have to write it down so I wouldn't forget it. But um, to be able to dig in the Word ourselves. Um he will meet you all the time. And so um, I just want to pray. Thank you. Jesus, thank you for this time tonight. Lord, I just pray that um, each one on this study tonight will um, enjoy the process of learning from your word for themselves, Lord. Um, We love the Bible studies and being able to look up references and answer questions and that and to dig in your word. But Lord, you will speak to each one as we study and dig in to your word for ourselves. Not that we're being selfish, Lord, but that we may learn and then be able to share with our loved ones and with. Um, those that we care and those that we come across and um, give us, it gives us uh, good, just good words when we have a chance to disciple someone, Lord. And uh, I just thank you so much. Will you bless each lady on this study tonight? Will you call them to a study in your word that you want them to study, Lord. I just pray that you'll wrap your arms around each one tonight, Lord, and their loved ones and whatever their circumstances are, but that they'll realize that your ways are higher than our ways. Um, Lord, that's such a wonderful verse for us to remember. And Jesus, guide and direct, we pray for each one in your precious name. Amen.